Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 44. On today's episode, I chat with Katrina Alvia. She's taught and mentored high school girls and their parents for over 20 years. Um, She recently completed her diploma in positive psychology in Melbourne. And as a trained teacher and mentor, she has extensive experience in working directly with adolescent girls. She's passionate, as you'll hear, about supporting parents in one of the most challenging roles, guiding them through adolescence. She's currently running a program at the school where she works. Um, It's geared at girls between the ages of 12 and 16, and it's called REAL. It's an acronym for Real Excellence and Attitude for Life. This program looks develop, looks at developing character and virtue with the girls. It's been based on the science of character, positive psychology interventions, neuroscience and brain plasticity. It's a program that promotes a more engaging and compelling case for young women to live a life of virtue, grow in character and ultimately live happier and healthier lives. I mean, that's something that we all want for our daughters, to live happier and healthier lives. And never before in the history of mankind, I don't think, have girls been under so much pressure to be perfect. Um, We all know ourselves we're not perfect, but when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, when all you've been fed is you have to look like this, you have to be like that, Uh, You have to do this and do that to be happy. You have to have this many likes. Um, It can be so overwhelming, so um, compounding and inevitably very destructive. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. She was full of wisdom, full of encouragement, um, full of honesty. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend. You never know, they might be having a really hard day. And the, the best way to get out of a, a bad situation is to realize that you are not alone and that somebody else is also going through the same thing. Um, and there's a place where you can reach out. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in and take a listen. I'm so mm-hmm. happy that you're here. Before we get into it, let's about you. Who are you? Well, I'm Katrina Alvi. I um I was I was born in the Philippines, but I came here when I was a little baby in a, to Australia. So I've been here for all of my life really, and I'm currently a teacher and a mentor for high school girls. And I've been doing that for the last 20 or so years of my life and I love it I'm passionate about it because uh, I love encouraging and supporting young women and I also love hearing about um, you know what life is like as a teenager now in 2020 and also I just kind of feel like I relate to them a lot I understand a lot of their their struggles so with that kind of bit of a head start I feel like I can kind of help them guide them navigate them through I relate to their struggles and feeling like, you know, you've got a bit of a head start. You can, I can navigate them a little bit through it all, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, 
still really empathize because I think we all, as women, we all, we have the same struggles till we die, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Totally. Well, that's wonderful. And I'm so glad you're here because ever since this podcast um, was on my heart, I, I really wanted to be able to um, connect to girls and women because I realised that um, it doesn't matter which uh, walk of life you've been in, you still have, as you said, we all share those struggles until we die. And I've got four yeah. daughters and I wanted to teach my girls how to cherish themselves, respect their bodies. Um, I wanted to teach them and show them how to lift up other girls because it's it's so natural for girl, other girls to put other girls down not only girls women as well we need to teach them that we can't compare comparison only brings division and and inner turmoil um we need to teach them that beauty comes in a variety of shapes and colors we need to teach them that their inherent dignity their worth their value is found in being a child of god um we need to teach them that human love just like god's love can't be earned and it's freely given um, but I realised that I couldn't teach them those things unless I believed them myself. Absolutely. I if, I, if I don't believe it and if I'm not living it out, how on earth am I going to teach it to my daughters? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted my girls to know that they were enough just the way they are. And I'm sure I'm not the only parent that wants that or teacher that wants that, you know. Um, yeah, no, 100%. So many so many mums want and dads want the best for yeah. their daughters and want them to feel really like to not only think, oh, you're just saying that to me because you're my mum and dad, you know, mm. you're beautiful mm. or we love you, but to really be convinced about that. And um, unfortunately, I think the whole culture bombards them with the opposite message. So I think that's what we have to contend with. But definitely the significant adults in their life, whether it be, Parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, um, mentors, teachers. It's like it takes a village to, to, um, mm. to kind of, yeah, to get a child or a daughter, your daughter or a girl to, to really appreciate herself as that um, inherently, a person with inherent dignity and worth and mm. that she's not taking up space. Like she's need, she's wanted, she's got mm. a, she's got a role, a role to play in, in this universe. So, no, definitely. Um, it's not an easy thing, but um, I've seen it happen. I've yes. seen, uh, definitely, so it, tell, it's happening now. You say you have a program. Yeah. What What do you think, um, why is it that women don't understand their inherent dignity and worth? Do you, do you have an answer for that? <laughs> I've been thinking <laughs> a lot about this since you asked me these really hard questions anyway. But um, no, like, I mean, there's so many factors because every woman and girl is is a world in themselves. But hmm. just from what I've seen in the last 20 years, um, first of all, I thought just to, to define this idea of self-worth, you know, hmm. um, this healthy, like self-worth doesn't come from outside. It's not something external. It's something from within a person. So it's, it's I guess, another way of saying it is healthy self-love. And that comes from knowing that you are loved unconditionally. 
and you are seen by others. You're, you're, you're noticed, not because you're showing off or you're, you know, you're an attention seeker, but you, you are a person and people realise, like, your, your role in their life, I guess. And, um, and as I said, a person of inherent dignity and value, someone who's unique and unrepeatable. And I think so many girls are so caught up trying to fit in, trying, like they were born original and they end up being photocopies of each other. And, mm. and that idea of compare despair, you know, that's our culture, yeah. you know, performance culture. And, um, you know, it's so conditional. Like this unconditional love is so conditional by, you know, how hot you are, how sexy you are, if you meet the beauty ideals, if you've got the right brands, if you've got, you know, 1,000 followers is enough, you should have millions. And as and I always think as women or as girls, we've got to look, do all of that and make it look effortless. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can't Seamless. Look like it can't, yeah, too, too hard. And so I always, you know, in my program with girls, um, I have workshops on this just to get them stepping back and critiquing the culture we live in, you know, like what it means to be a woman in 2020, you know, mm. and I said to them, and I always say to them, you know, I'm not just talking to you. I tell this to myself too, because w- as women, we, you know, and now at my age, it's like, don't look, you know, you can't age. You've got to look, you know, mm. you got to look 30 for 30. Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? So I kind of let it, let them in on the secret that, they're not the only ones struggling. We're all in, and that's why we need to look out for each other. It's not a competition. We, we're all being bombarded with the same pressures, you know, slightly different. And, um, and I just have to keep remind, you know, to, to remind them, like, we're not what we do. We're not what we have. We're not how we look. We're not what other people think of us. We are unrepeatable and unique and we're, we have value. Um, Obviously, I'm a you know Catholic, so I I know I get that real stability from knowing that God loves me. Mm. Um, but for many people, they've got to discover. I think the first place they discover that, and as you were saying, hurt people can't hurt people hurt people. But like, it's it's kind of a privilege, but also I guess a huge. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say burden, but responsibility. Mm. But the parents are the first encounter that a child has with that unconditional love of God. Mm. That's their first experience of that. Mm. Would you agree? I don't know. That's yeah, kind totally. of their first thing. And, and I think that, that. That, yeah. that's half our problem because we kind of di- disfigure the face of God. We, dif- we disfigure the face of the Father and that, that kind of sets um, in their mind. That's how they interpret the father's love and it's not yeah and I don't think parents do it on purpose I think no life is crazy like we're all running Mm. and I always say to the parents like they're like saying to me I don't know why she doesn't have confidence and self-worth and I said well you know guys sorry there is no boot camp for self-worth you Mm. can't just send her away and she'll grow it or something it's like layers of moments layers of their life where Mm -hmm. you you spell you spend time with them and and for many of us so uh, children and adults Love is spelled T-I-M-E. It's time, spending yeah. time with each other. And I think that's where we really can lose it because, I mean, thank God with COVID, the flip side is we're spending more time with each other. But at yeah. the same time, we can be in the same room as someone, but 
we're on devices, we're not we're not present. Mm-hmm. But when we, you know, quality good time, just being with with the girl with our daughter for me as a mentor, just being fully present and listening and taking what she's saying to me seriously. That already, without me telling her, oh my gosh, you're so worthwhile. That that already speaks volumes about. I want to spend time with you because you you know, you're worth it. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's those those sort of things more than just like little, you know, like phrases like you're worth it or you know I value you. It, I think for kids, it's much more actions. Yeah. And obviously, um, we can't. You know, sometimes yeah, parents can't help it, but we do praise achievements. We praise. Um, just talents we pray we praise outcomes but maybe we have to praise effort effort praise yeah. character virtues like you're you know you know i don't know they're compassionate they're um kind they got a good sense of humor i've been really trying in my program to get girls to um praise each other for the inner beauty and start to look at each other in terms of, you know, girls just naturally compare each other for looks, mm. boyfriends, mm. things that they wear. But definitely the more I, I get them, I do this um, survey with them. It's a actually um, it's a scientifically based survey. from It's a positive psychology survey called v, VR. So anyone, it's free. This program with the girls that I do, I have one workshop called from 2D, friendship to 3D friendships because a lot of their friendships can be very much just on the screen and not getting yeah. to know, go deeper into knowing each other. And then one thing that they love doing is um, we get onto a um, questionnaire online. It's actually a positive psychology questionnaire and it's called VIA, V-I-A, VIA character survey for youth. Mm-hmm. And they answer these questions and then it comes out with their top strengths or virtues. And then um, they act really cool about it, but they definitely want to know. So they start printing it out and like, oh, what? Wow, you know. And uh, then I do posters in the classroom where they have their top five signature strengths and their name. And then we go around and and then I'll say, okay, I'm just going to call out five strengths and you've got to guess who that girl is in the class. And they love wow. it and they start to like, and then they start to say, oh, yeah, what makes you so hopeful or what makes you so optimistic? Or, yeah, you do have a really funny sense of humour or you're, you're really socially intelligent, socially intelligent. You get me and you understand when I'm kind of on a low and you, and you help me out. So it's just refreshing to Im- remind them that they're not just their looks. They're not mm. just what they wear or they're not just, you know, who of them has, you know, is liked the most by the boys or whatever from mm. the other school. So I think it seems little, but for them it's another reminder that it's their beauty isn't just this narrow ideal of sexiness. Mm. And you just see the relief on their face, like, oh, that's right, that's not just me. And I can change. I can be more, yeah. I can be more kind. I can be more positive or I can I can be more, I don't know, have, have a better sense of humour. So because in my program 
what I want to show them as well is that, you know, science shows us that uh, our brains are like we have brain plasticity. So we're not set. We can improve, but it's what we channel our improvement in. If we're just obsessed with the exteriors, there's a, there's a limit. Like I'm short. I'm never going to be tall. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I have certain features. No matter how, no matter yeah. how high your shoes are. Exactly. Or I'm um, a certain, yeah, like I said, I have certain features. I'm certain um, complexion or whatever. And, and, for, and I think those things that, you know, obviously I'm all for a, health, a healthy lifestyle. Um, but I said, you know, I often tell the girls, be healthy, be strong, exercise, but have a bigger reason, you know, so you want to be strong to be helping you know so you can help your family or you can help your friends or so you can be healthy and but if it's just all about I want to look this way so that I can get a million likes you know yeah as one as one girl said to me Miss Alvi how many likes till love and she nailed it because these girls want love unconditional yeah. love and but yeah. like all our culture can give them is dopamine hits that hit their brains when they get those likes but if that really, I keep saying to them, guys, if that really satisfied you, why do you have to post another picture then and another and mm. another? Because those those things don't satisfy the heart yeah. because it's only focused on one aspect of us, which is a pixel version of us. It's not even our real self. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what my program is about. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> how long have you been doing it for? Well, I launched it in 2016, so this is the um, what fifth year. We're in the middle of the fifth yeah. year. So I, I went to Melbourne in 2015 and I did a diploma of positive psychology and yeah. uh, I really went for myself because I was in a bit of a rut. I was feeling yeah. a little bit, you know, I was struggling with the, with the very same things that I'm trying to help the girls with, um, yeah. trying to, you know, prove myself all the time, exhausting myself. I'm a perfectionist. Um, mm. I was working on all these inner things, but I also was very, um, I'll be honest, I was also very obsessed with my weight um, yeah. and I had lost weight and I got obsessed with keeping it off and I was just was very anxious at that time in my life and I thought I need to stop and I have to recalibrate. And yeah. so after I saw that this sort of reflection and also focusing on um, a project and I thought I want to, I want to help girls in the same area. And so I kind of took my mind off myself and into uh, yeah, into this project to help girls. And then I've been formulating it for the last, you know, in Melbourne. And then when I got back and it's been going really well because I think it also uses a lot of science so mm. I, there's a point where girls don't want to just live virtue because it's a virtue because you told them so. Like we need to give them a lot of reasons. We need to show them that, in fact, our, um, we're wired. We're wired to um, struggle. We're wired to challenge ourselves. And we're also wired for others. You know, one of the best positive psychologists that I love is called um, Chris, Christopher Peterson. And he said, if, <laughs> could, if I could sum up what positive psychology is about, he said this just before he was about to die, actually. He said, I'd just say one sentence, other people matter. Yeah. And he said that yeah. our happiness comes from. But if we live in this culture where it's all about a- approval, then mm. other people matter to us for as much as they can kind of 
affirm us. And you I, use them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a utilitarian kind of mm. relationship and it never will satisfy us. So in a way, mm. it's it's ironical, but in working on your on our virtues, on our strengths and and you know, ha, you know, using this positive psychology as a as a means to do that, the whole point, and I keep telling the girls, it's not just self-development. I want you to discover what you can give to the world too. And their faces light up because mm. we don't want to just develop ourselves for ourselves. We we want in you know, deep down, we want to um yeah, give some give some purpose. Yeah, contribute and give purpose and have meaning, mm. you know, meaning yeah. in their lives. So another really cool um, thing that I talk to them about in the program is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So, mm. you know, have you read so I have attempted it three times. I've even got an audio version and I That's still have not read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, I mean, I only read it much later on in life. Me too. I was like, okay. And then the one, once I got into it, it's actually... Yeah, it's quite short, but um, yeah, it's very so small. I don't know why I haven't about it. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so Victor Frankl was a famous psychologist and psychiatrist in Germany, and he was a Jew. So this is uh, Hitler time, and so they uh, he had a actual an opportunity to leave because of his profession. Um, they gave him a way out with some papers, wow. but then as he was walking, I think he was returning home and trying to decide what to do. He didn't want to leave his parents, but he was unsure and everyone was saying to him, you should go because, you know, what a what a waste. You're so, you know, if we lose you, that's a whole, you know, so good at your profession and everything. And he was in a bit of turmoil. And then as he was walking back, the places had already been looted and destroyed and he saw a piece of... Um, that part, one of the commandments on the ground, you know, from the Torah, and it said, honour your father and mother. And he decided. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then he, um, I get really moved by that. But anyway, so he stayed. Yeah. And then he, um, he, him and his wife were sent to the concentration camp. And the way he survived, he said he saw so many people who were physically so strong, yet they mm. gave up. And. And yet he could also see people who who lived and what he realised was because they had a higher meaning outside of themselves to live for. So for him, he was living for his wife, you know, and he didn't know whether he was going to see her again, but he basically was like, I can't stop trying to fight to live because what if she's doing this, you know? What is she doing? Yeah, wow. And so he um, and he met other people who were giving up and he helped them to find meaning. So another man um, had a, a dream project, some something to do with um, some work he was doing, some studies and research. And so he said, you know, do it, you know, maybe you'll be the only person who could write that. And so what he he um he he says in his book is basically if you have a why, you can get through anyhow. And I think yeah. for girls, I keep trying to remind them that uh, a lot that, that they've got a mission and they've got something to live for or something to give to the world. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It, it could just be, I don't know, being the best sister, best you know, friend they could be. Um, they've still got to discover that. But once you start mm-hmm. getting them breaking out of that um, that sh- that prison of I don't know, likes mm-hmm. and photos and just 
that very one-dimensional view of themselves, then mm. they have something bigger to work for, something bigger to live for, and they're happier. Uh, I find like service projects, things like that, they help girls to just yeah. break out of, of that. And um, that's what helped me a lot, you know, looking back on my own life because, I mean, I didn't have the social media. I didn't have, it wasn't as, there's always been sexualization of women from the beginning of time, but um, it wasn't hypersexualized like we have now. And, um, but I do think it was when people reminded me, people in my own life, mentors reminded me that, Katrina, there's, you know, don't worry about your shortness. <laughs> don't worry about, like, mm. have other things that you can do and other um, b- bigger dreams that you can that, that you can live. Um, mm. If you forget about those other things, they'll always be there. And I, yeah. I think it's paramount, too, that you come to those realisations at that point in your life when you're so egocentric and mm. the world just revolves around mm. you. When you realise yeah. age 14, 15, 16, 17, that hey, right. there is a bigger world out there, mm. and it want, you're in it, but it doesn't revolve around you. you you're yeah. going to contribute to it in your own unique way, and it, the way you have been made. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's that's what you're doing such mm. a good job because that's what the girls need to hear. Um, I want to thank you for your honesty. Um, going back to. I mean, just even the reason why you went down to Melbourne to learn positive psychology, because we all have those struggles, as we've said before, and they come in, they come so quietly and insidiously into our minds. Mm. Um, and that's precisely how the enemy, he, he kind of, um, he wants to claim our past, our present and our future. Like, I, I'm not, I can't, I yeah. never will, you know, exactly. and they're such lies. Yeah. Like I, I, even me, I used to um, go to the gym all the time. I was always at the gym <laughs> and I didn't realise that it was until I was sick, like I, I had neck surgery last year. But to me, going to the gym was, yes, it was good for me. It was healthy. I was, you know, making my body strong. I've got six children. and But I was kind of like relying on my own strength mm. when really, and I was kind of pushing aside the real strength yeah. is God, you know, with God, everything we are powerful yeah. beyond words, exactly. And my body failed me, mm. uh, like, we cannot do it on our own. No, it's a, and it's it, a hard it can lesson. come in those, it's a hard lesson. And at the beginning, we, we cling, we cling on so hard because we're afraid. And I think anything mm. driven by fear is unhealthy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it has to be driven by. I love really and what I was going to say to you that now that I'm on this like honest journey in this podcast but um (laughs) when I when I landed in Melbourne I seriously did not because usually I'm running like a mad woman I'm running um I volunteer for a girls club as well and I mentor there and I'm mentoring at school and I'm you know doing these programs and then helping parents as well bring up you know encouraging them because they're tearing their hair out with their teenage girls and so I'm very I mean it's good because I'm very outwardly kind of focused and I'm always like helping people. And then when I stopped in Melbourne, I didn't really know too many people. I was just studying. I really found it hard. I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I realized my, I had based my identity on helping people. And that's mm. good. But at the same mm. time, like, I kept thinking what John Paul II said, like, you're a human being, you're not a human doing. And I really yeah. kind of based my identity on doing and doing. 
And I found it, the first few months, I found it really hard just to be. And I felt yeah. guilty. Like, to rest. Like I was resting, I was reading, and I was feeling like, oh, no, I'm not doing enough. And then it was like God had to say to me, I love you because you are Katrina, not because you do a million things. And and it was actually a really, um, it was a bit painful at the beginning. But then I was like, oh. But mm. then at the end I was like so relieved, you know, like, oh. It's freedom. Yeah. Exactly. He brings freedom and we don't realise it. We're, we're oppressed by all this our kind of culture. Of of, yeah, yeah. Mm. This culture of you've got to be, you know, this tall, you've got to be this skinny, you've got to fit into these clothes, you've got to look just like her. Yeah. Um, you've got to have this boyfriend. You've got to have a boyfriend, actually, <laughs> any, you know. At six. <laughs> God forbid you don't have one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's suffocating. Mm. And it's not until, and uh, you know, grown women have it, n- not to those degrees, mm-hmm. but definitely in um, how they're looking and, and what their bank statement mm. looks like and whether their house is perfect yeah. enough or um, it comes in all sorts of ways. Yeah. But it's not until you're kind of brought to your knees or you've had this moment where you've realised I'm more than mm. this. Like this does not define me. And I think there's such freedom. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of you breathe again. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. Wow. Well, bringing okay. bringing it back to um with teenage girls because as as we we're saying, like, yes, yeah, sorry, this is a struggle <laughs> we're going to all have, and I even say to them like I think they like that kind of honesty and rawness where you say, look, guys, I'm telling you this, but like I every day I struggle too. You know, I have to work on my own, mm. remind myself that I'm loved by God, not for you know all who, what I do, what I wear, how I look or anything like that. But I think also why I love working with young people is the, the younger they get this, the more free they'll be earlier. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you, yeah, yeah. you can be trapped in this. And I've met women who are like this, like, you know, much older than me too. And I was like, oh, I wish I could, you know, help you to kind of thing. But anyway, you can't join my program because you're too old. But, um, but uh I think our culture is very much based around this approval, especially social media, approval, acceptance, and teenagers are self-conscious. That's just the way they are because of um, all change in them. But I think the social media has made it even more, has exacerbated that self-consciousness because now it's not just, you know, when you go to a party or go to the, you know, um, go shopping, but it's so public it's like everything yeah. post and then you're waiting for that confirmation. You're waiting for that affirmation. And so if not, no one's reacting, then you seem like they feel invisible and then they start thinking, oh, well, I'm a waste of space. And yeah. we're, you know, cause everything's up for judgment and comments. And instead of really realizing like, you know, even if no one ever commented, even if you never posted anything up, you still exist. God loved you into existence and you should, this is a time where you could be discovering your uniqueness and like the beauty of the gift of life and what you could be doing with that. But if they've been throwing themselves so into the social media, it's like mm. that part of their development into adulthood just becomes stunted. And I remember one girl, I was saying to her, what do you think about this? And, you know, this is what I'm thinking of talking about. And she was so honest. She's 21. She goes, Miss Alvia, you know, oh, Katrina, I 
when you're in primary school or in high school, you're so into like what other people think of you. And really mm-hmm. by the time you're at 21, like me or at uni, you really should be over that. But it's like it's <laughs> social media has extended that kind of need for attention yeah. and that approval and being so into peer pressure. It's extended it right into your 20s. And she said, it's a bit, she goes, oh, thinking about it, it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? I said, yeah, I know. I said, sadly, mm-hmm. even like adults, you know. So it's, yeah. it's in a way it's extended the, that, that period that of longevity. Life. Yeah, that yeah. period of life where all you're thinking about, as you said, is, is quite self-centred. So it's so sad. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm trying to help girls to break out of that. In, yeah. but not force it like just getting them, just asking them questions getting them to think a little bit deeper you know mm-hmm. as I said you know how many likes are you going to get till you feel loved like how many is it going to be the millionth like that you're going to feel satisfied or you know that kind mm. of thing and so there'll always be another that you could always you know society tells you you can always do better you yeah. can always have you know yeah. Well, you know, that a million's not good enough. You need two million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's never, it's inexhaustible. Yeah. You're never going to, you'll never make it. And that's the culture of death. Absolutely. It says you're never enough where the culture of life says you're never too far gone. Nothing's too bad that can't be exactly. forgiven or redeemed or, um, and I think that's what we need to um, keep reminding our girls. Absolutely. Is, it, is there one thing that you would like girls to know? Yes. If, if, you, if you had one, yeah, if, is there one chance to let every girl know, what would it be? What would it be? I would tell them, um, I would say, okay, let me think. You're loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Your parents, hopefully, and your teachers and the people that really matter, not the millions of people you don't even know on social media, all the mm-hmm. people that love you unconditionally they're the ones who are your champions you know Um, Mm. and they see you for who you are so don't be afraid to be an original not a photocopy don't be afraid to be a person with all its richness which means strengths and weaknesses struggles and greatness the whole lot doesn't matter we're not perfect it's okay you are a person you're not an object you know and you don't deserve to be manipulated you're not a victim, so you can choose your way out if you feel mm. trapped. Um, you're hardwired to struggle, so don't be afraid of the challenge or the fight, you know. And with lo- God's love and grace, you can, you know, you you can reclaim your true beauty and true identity. Not that you lost it, not really reclaiming it. You're just reminding yourself because the world's shouted it out of you. You're taking ownership exactly, of it because you've yeah. been. You've, you've, you've always, always had it, but you've just bombarded just with all this other stuff it. that's mm. basically um, can, can, like distracted you, distracted you from who you who you really are. So that's what mm. I would probably tell them. I don't know if they would listen to me, but that's what I would tell them. Uh, it'd stay in the deep recesses <laughs> of their mind, I'm sure. That's right. I loved what you said before about what you were born an individual, but you, you know, society makes a copy, you know, we're, we're carbon copies. The other day I was jogging, I go for a jog on a Saturday and it was cold. People had on their hoodies, you know, they all kind of were rugged up. And I just kept 
running past face after face after mm. face after face that yes. looked exactly the same. It was ridiculous. It was so. Oh my yes. goodness! But Katrina, mm. I didn't realize because they had they're all covered. They just had their uh, big lips yeah. and their big eyebrows. Yeah, and they're big. They all look yeah. like Kim Kardashian. Exactly. <laughs> so look, <laughs> you've just given nightmare. me the best segue of another passion thing. I'm so passionate about. But when I started looking into self worth, I thought, what is it that girls? Why is self worth in girls so at an all time low? And I noticed this because I started teaching in 2000, and I remember Bratz dolls coming out. They have massive lips, yeah. massive oh. eyes, waist yeah. so tiny. Like, seriously, if you made a real person that way, they just topple over, you know. Um, and yeah. the I was looking at a an article by one of the designers of Bratz, and he was so proud of himself because he said, look, look at um, Kylie Jenner. She's 22, so she would have been like three or four when Bratz came out. She goes, we made oh, Kylie Jenner is a Bratz. And then yeah. I was like, oh, that is sick. Like, it's true. Like, the power of corporations to, to yep. set those standards and not just standards. Like, one thing is, like, you know, beauty or something, but sexualize little girls. Like, I remember Playboy Stationery yep. coming out in 2004, um, push-up bras, little bikini things. And I was like, wow, where is this going to lead? And where it has led to is this overall mainstream of sexualization of girls and girls really do ha- they've taken on that the world sees the most value in their sexiness and all you do sadly mm. is go and look at the thousands of social media accounts of millennials and it's soft porn jessica the mm. way they look it's like soft porn because they have embraced what what corporations yeah. have told them is going to get them love and I, it makes my heart I mean, break. Sickening. Like I just makes me cry because yeah. I just think this is system system. Kind of goes back to I remember because I've got a twenty year old. I remember um, she got uh, for I think it was her fifth birthday. Um, yeah, she started a new school, so I had a party. Mm-hmm. Kids in the class, so I didn't know them, um, but she had uh, a birthday party. And she got a Bratz doll from one of the party guests. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't, I said, no, darling, we, we don't want that. Like who in their right, like just from the name, I mean, it looked, yeah. it looked horrific. She looked like a prostitute, this yeah. doll. Um, but it's called Bratz. What yeah. on exactly. earth would yeah. you want your child to have a doll that is labelled a brat? Yeah. I, and then that goes back to the parents. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what were they thinking? So, no, definitely. And then just the also, like, I love makeup, but the amount of makeup on those dolls and their look, their, their faces, their lips are huge, but their eyes are like ch- children. It's just a very morphed I know. child, it's a, a morphed adult, yeah. adulterized child. So, and yeah. then what happened was um, in 2007, the American Psychological Association, they actually did a full-on study, two-year study on premature sexualization of girls in the media. And you know mm-hmm. what came up? This, this is really interesting. So I tell the girls this in my, in my program. I said, look, I'm going to tell you what they found about the media, what they're telling you girls, because let's see whether you can guess what they are saying, you know, like as a bit of an experiment. So I said, these are the three main things the media teaches girls. 
And then I leave out words. I leave it blank and they fill it in and they're really fast at filling it in. So the first one is your blank are the most important thing about you. So about 90% of girls believe this and they're straight away the girls say to me, your looks. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. right, your looks. And then I said, second thing the media teaches girls, your something is never good enough. They're like, your body. And I'm like, exactly. Mm. And then I said the third thing, something Something is something you trade for love, belonging, and power. They're like, sex? I'm like, absolutely. And so mm. girls, they're like year nine. Yeah, so 14-year-olds. Yeah, they already know. it. like, yeah, your looks are everything. Your body is never good enough, and sex is what you trade. And And you can see their faces just taking that in going, oh, my gosh. And I said, yeah, girls, I'm telling you this because I just don't want you to be manipulated. Mm. Like, I don't want you to think that you are only worth your – sexual parts or Mm. you're not an object so I mean this is one of the main things I just we have to keep reminding them and you know I'm not gonna go around going you're not an object you're not (laughs) like in the way we treat them the time we spend and what we compliment them on definitely it kind of we got we've got a you know I guess bulletproof them for this these messages by the way we what what do we compliment our girls about what do we spend time with doing with them you know we allow them to consume because we could be saying that, but then if they're just scrolling through social media accounts and see all the other girls that look like that and they're getting so much attention, mm. um, it's hard because they're like, well, how come they get all the attention? Mm. Yeah. It's really tricky. I, I really feel for parents. It's It's a hard job. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. No, God's with us. But it, it's tough. It's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. I got four daughters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're all completely different. Yeah, that's um, Yeah, so unique in each each of them. So. But having said that, I also have two sons. And when mm. my oldest son first started going out to parties, I was horrified, absolutely <laughs> horrified, because you've got a photographer that goes to mm. these parties now and uploads the photos. I could not believe. Mm. I thought, what? Ho- he hasn't got a hope in. I know. <laughs> Snowflakes yeah. turns in hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these girls yeah. They were like brat dolls. Mm. And I, I just thought it's, it's, the shoe, it's, it's both of them. Like, I feel yeah. sorry for both. I feel both. Yeah, I feel sorry for both because, oh, yes. you know, the, the media is also teaching boys. In a, in a way, how to treat girls, and it's yeah. not it's not great. So, um, no, I don't want to sound. We don't want to sound like, you know, disheartened or unhopeful. But I think it's good to face reality. Like this yeah. is yeah. the battlefield, and we're going to throw everything into telling our girls the re- the truth, yeah. the truth of who they are, and that yeah. they're not a sexual object to be used by another person. Yeah. And they say we're so liberated. Yeah, that's the whole irony. We've never been so oppressed in in, in all of history. They they sell it as empowerment. Yeah. And they, it's the biggest lie. They've chained women, girls, Mm -hmm. more than ever before. Yeah. So thank you for your efforts and what you're doing and, you know, I champion you. Thank you. (laughs) As a mother. Yes. Thank you yes. so much and uh, thank thanks. you for your honesty and it was really lovely chatting with you. 
Um, I do you do that program only through schools, or do do you have like summer workshops and things like that where other people can access what you provide? Good idea. No, it's right now I'm busy doing it, um, doing the program at school, mm-hmm. but maybe when I retire. <laughs> I can go that way. That could be my next well, I tell you, it won't be a retirement. You'll be yeah. flat out. <laughs> um, before we hang up, I, I ask all my guests something that brought them joy. I know I, I haven't prepped you for this, but oh, um, yeah. if you could think of anything that brought you joy this week, we'd love to hear it. Oh, okay. Let me think what brought me joy. It doesn't me- have to, it can be anything. Anything, anything that brought me joy. Uh, I saw uh, on Saturday night, I um, volunteered to babysit uh, my nephews and nieces so that my brother could take his beautiful wife on a romantic date out for her birthday. Lovely. And um, my little niece, she's two and a half, her name's Camilla. She just gave me some joy because she was just running around like a loony, laughing <laughs> head off, giggling, giggling, just because, like, she was a happy to be alive. Plus, I think she was overtired. Um, <laughs> and maybe you sugar-dosed her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she didn't have a nap. But um, just watching her, you know, I was just like, oh, this is, wow, what a gift. What a gift to have a little girl, you know. So, and just the gift of being an auntie. So, yeah, that gave me a lot of joy. Oh, that's beautiful. And then I put it, then I put it to sleep. <laughs> that gave you more joy. <laughs> that's all right. I experience that joy every night. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I've I've just finished this series, The Chosen. Mm, oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, it brought me so much joy. It was so yeah. beautiful. I loved it. it is um, can't wait for season two. Did you watch it all in one go? No. Uh, pro- <laughs> No, three goes. Okay. <laughs> I've got a lot of ironing in my house. <laughs> Did you cry? I, I got so moved, I cried. Oh, I cried. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so beautiful. He was so, he, the human mm. aspect of Jesus was just so beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. And I loved the Samaritan woman at the well. Oh, I love that too. Yes. Oh, that was so Each character was just, they just bring out every character so well. Oh, yeah. It it's was very it human. Was, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. So I thoroughly recommend it. I'll leave the links in the um, show notes. So, Katrina, thank you so much. It was such a joy speaking with you. Thanks for um, having me. Good. Oh, pleasure. We'll have to have you back. Um, good luck with the program. Thank and, you. Um, thank you for everything you're doing for women and girls. Thank you as well for doing your podcast. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside in the cold now because the reception was bad in there. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thanks, Katrina. All right. No worries. See you. Bye. Bye.